Welcome to Reaching the Summit on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. I am Don Conklin, along with Teresa Conklin, and every month on Reaching the Summit, you will meet successful business leaders who have climbed the mountain and reached the summit in their profession. We will talk to them about their journey, the challenges they face, and the lessons and insights they have learned along the way. Reaching the Summit is presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more elevated look with your business signage. Visit PinnacleCustomSigns.com. Today, our guests include Randy Hicks and Dennis Bonin from Priority One POS, and Asif Jasani from CCS Marketing and Technology. Welcome, gentlemen. We appreciate you being on the show today. Good Thank morning. You. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, why don't we start by Asif? Could you tell us a little bit about how you started your company? Sure. Uh, my name's Asif, and uh, my brother and I started the company back in 2005. So we've been at it for 16 years. Uh, we started as your your IT guys. So we were your plumbers coming to fix your computers whenever things broke, or if you had a virus or a pop up. Uh, but since then, we've uh, morphed into providing chief marketing and chief technology officer services. Okay. And we focus on small and medium-sized organizations, And but our heart takes us to our nonprofit clients. Okay. Uh, and, and that's kind of where we provide uh, the services that are needed, including um, your if clients are looking to move to the cloud, if they need assistance with their website, if they need branding done, and if they even need promotional items done like the shirts that okay. you're wearing. Okay. Uh, so I think there might be, and we've seen Pinnacles work uh, around in our client space as well, so it's um, like blessed to be here today. Thank you, we're happy to hear that. How about um, Dennis and uh, Randy? Tell us what kind of a POS system co or POS company Priority One is. Well, um, I like to think of us as a solution out in the point of sales, hospitality, restaurant business. Um, we've learned a lot over the 11 years we've been in business, and um, we are in 15 current states working on going nationwide. Um, I think what separates us a little bit from the competitors is we're always looking for improvement in technology and what we can do to help the customers. Um, customers always are looking for uh, solutions. And in the point of sales business, um, it's your complete money management, cash management. It does your payroll, it does your sales, it does your media breakout. Um, it tells you what you sold, how much you sold. So it gives you a full basket of financials. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very important for the customer to understand what they're getting into when it comes to point of sales. Okay. You know, we've just recently, and we're still in a pandemic, but it seems like it's getting a little bit better from a business standpoint here in Georgia. Um, so I guess I've heard many stories, some horror stories and some stories like the pandemic's been very good for me from a business standpoint. So how's, how's it affected you guys over at uh, CCS Marketing Technology? Sure. Uh, when the pandemic started, I think we were all in more of a shock uh, like, because everything kind of just shut down and everyone was really focused on uh, making sure that their families were healthy as well as the businesses were healthy and their employees were taken care of. And so while during that initial phase, we had uh, gone down to about 60% loss in revenue, 
Um, but over time, as the grants started to come in, as, as people got more comfortable with the virtual working space, that allowed, and the comfort level of continuing to focus on the business or the services that our clients provided to increase, our business also grew, actually. Um, and and what, where that came from was some of our nonprofits, as well as education clients, started to get the grants that were needed to continue their business operations. And then they, they also had to pivot to virtual schooling or virtual uh, business operations, and that's where we came in as their consultants to really help them to go to the next level. That's great. That's great. What about you guys? I know we, ha we had a brief conversation about this, but I understand it was probably pretty good for you guys, right? Well, yes, it is. Um, but I tell you, it, when it started in March and we closed the office and we all started working from home, I was a little scared. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it'd be over in six months, and boy, I was wrong. Um, and so we worked from home for about two months and what transpired was people still needed to eat and the point of sales still needed to work but what was more important is all our customers were ordering online so all of a sudden we were going like gangbusters to to get online ordering set up for over 200 locations and our business grew and it continued to grow and now we've got close to 400 locations uh, set up for online ordering um, and there's much more to come besides online ordering but that helped us stay in business so is that also interface with like DoorDash and Uber Eats and stuff like that or is just specific to that restaurant it is specific to that restaurant but also our system now currently interfaces to DoorDash and Uber Eats through third-party software that we interface to so now it's all working through the POS seamlessly and customers like that because then they don't need separate equipment, separate tablets, separate media breakout reports. It's all concurrent. And uh, that's helping me grow the business even further with a few other chains because it's not something that is commonly used in the POS industry right now. Correct. Well, that's great. It, you know, there's we as a company, I was talking to uh, I see before we started, is that we started um, Gangbusters last year and then we basically hit a big gulch from our standpoint because a wall a wall and the reason why uh wasn't because of no one needed signs is because a lot of our clients were in the new york new jersey connecticut tri-state area and the entire tri-state area as you guys know basically shut down and so i couldn't get permits for signs i couldn't do anything i still have having problems with that so that part of the business dried up meanwhile the other part of the business kind of kept bumping along and then all of a sudden we started to see a pickup in activity we did i would say a significant amount of money in covid signs right stand six feet apart do this um we had a i forget how big the contract is, but we did all the um the majority of the social distancing signs at georgia state university if you know anything about georgia state i mean they now own basically the downtown corridor so it was funny we had a temporary employee that is a relative of ours who goes to Georgia State. I said, so when you go back to school, you can say, hey, look, I, that's what I did this summer, right? <laughs> so, but it's interesting how everybody, some people pivot and some people don't, right? Yeah. And it depends on A, what your business is, and B, what kind of business person you are, right? Because I'm sure you guys know of people who have actually gone out of business during this pandemic. And sometimes it's because of the industry, but other times it's because of the person and the risk. Because everybody can, can uh, um, drive a boat when the tide's high, but when the tide starts going down, it's only those people that 
um, can be nimble and quick that can you know kind of navigate what's going on out there. So, um, so a question for uh, for both for both of you guys is: Teresa and I own Pinnacle Custom Sons, and I think uh, I know Dennis does, but Asif, you don't know is that we have two sons in the business, right? So it's kind of an interesting family dynamic. And you say you have a brother in the business, and I know you have a couple of uh, relatives working for the business. So what's the, what's the dynamic between you and your brother, or if you have anybody, any other family members sure. working for you guys? So my dad's the owner of the company. Uh, my brother has since moved abroad to Australia. Uh, so he helps me remotely as much as possible. But it's really me that's really driving uh, the business with my dad. Uh, and, and I think what the dynamics is, is making sure that all of us know what our roles are uh, so that we're all knowing that when I'm away or when I know I need something, that that other person is going to step in and take care of their role. So we're all really focused on making sure. I know my role is to make sure the technology and marketing of my clients is taken care of. My dad knows that the finances and the the operations of the business are taken care of. So that dynamic really helps. Uh, so just knowing our roles has really Having helped. clearly defined roles oh, and very sure. good communication, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, for those you know that know my dad, I've taught him how to use Facebook. And, and, he's, and, and I shared this previously is one of the things that we enjoy doing is teaching our clients things that they don't know so that they are confident in what they're able to do. So his communication skills have enhanced even more because of that skill set that his uh, comfort level the confidence level have gone up because now he knows these tools and I can always say hey if you don't know this tool if I can teach you Facebook I can teach you pretty much anything else right right so that so that communication has also helped us to gain confidence within our own abilities that's awesome yeah well and that that's great what about over at uh, priority one POS Lord have mercy <laughs> <laughs> My wife's in charge. Um, you know, and there's something wrong with that? No. <laughs> not at all. Um, God, we started 11 years ago, one employee, 18 now, and three family members besides myself. And my daughter makes sure that when she goes into the office and checks the inventory, she sends me an update to follow up with the guys. Um, so it's, it's pretty neat. Um, it's unique. I like it. It's a family-owned, operated business, um, and we're growing. But Don and Teresa, I don't know if you remember, but November 21st was our six-year anniversary that I've been ordering from Pinnacle Custom Signs. And the key word is custom. And right now, you know, Don took the time to come to my office two weeks ago, and we're embarking on a, a new chain that we're doing now nationwide. And one of them is doing custom wrapping on kiosks, standalone units that a customer can walk in, order their food, it prints to the kitchen, there's no going up to the counter other than to pick up the product. But Don's going to take the time to work on our commercial labeling and our kiosks uh, wrapping it so we can brand that customer so when people walk in, they don't see just a black stand. Right. They see that marketing ability. So um, again, six years and growing with Pinnacle Custom Signs, I appreciate. And you all do our labeling for our equipment, and we're about to expand that as well. And so, Don, thanks for coming to the office and helping us grow. Not a problem, not a problem whatsoever. I know that you guys, you know, I've, you've seen it in the restaurant space, but um, Jimmy John's is a great example. I mean, if you walk into a Jimmy John's, so previously, right, you think about signage, you think sign on the outside of the building, right and maybe over the counter when you're ordering and stuff like that 
Go walk into a Jimmy John's and count, try to count how many signs they have, right? Between their table is an actual sign, right? It's a printed thing that they look at. Their brand in the bathroom, they have signs in the bathrooms. They have signs all over the place. So what Dennis has picked up on is that any blank space where you can advertise where your business is, you might as well do it because the actual signage itself is not that expensive, but the real estate and the visual of that is very important to the customer, and they build a brand that way. Well, it also gives many impressions of the business. Yeah. So, so, so Randy, what's your role in, in Priority and POS? Oh, you were going to ask him that's that? That's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Besides keeping Dennis grounded. <laughs> well, that's hard enough. But uh, regardless of that, um, we, we provide solutions for our customers, and that's really what I do. And um, we try to help them. And, and they may we, – we have pivoted – we're as nimble as possible as we can be and as nimble as a company that you would see uh many of our customers ask uh other questions on how things are going and how things are doing and what new uh offerings we can provide them with uh as far as that goes and we try to do that we try to do that and uh, we try to give them uh positive uh, outlooks because the pandemic hit the restaurant and hospitality industry probably the hardest mm-hmm. yeah. so I, you're okay so you're you're I'm He's Dennis. the technical guy I, I'm Dennis and then all my other guys are you so we I, I come back and say hey I promised the guys this can you do it and they're like uh, <laughs> uh we have to think, we about, have to think that. about that one right so never had that experience right Teresa no so no not at all so as if what type of clients do you work with most sure uh so my passion i've been a volunteer preschool teacher for 20 years so every saturday morning now on zoom how fun it's a blast but it's also a lot of planning (laughs) Uh, so for all the full-time teachers my hats off to you uh my clients include uh, and we've been blessed like over the last 16 years we have transitioned to work with clients that we want to work with okay. uh, and what we're passionate about. So most of my clients are in the early childhood space, okay. uh, the nonprofit space. Uh, we do some work with Gwinnett County government. Uh, and then um, the others are the small, medium-sized businesses that uh, we have a relationship with that we're growing and then okay. that they need a chief technology officer, a chief marketing officer, and we augment that their staff. So we're not, our team doesn't come in and say, all right, we're going to do this marketing for you right. or this technology stuff for you. It's not that. We coach their team on making sure that they're sustainable on their own. Okay. And so we're coming in as a, as an addition to their team versus a replacement of their oh, team. Oh, I like that. That does sound different, different yeah. type of model. Now, is that is that model, is that traditional marketing or digital marketing or is it a combination of both? It's a combination of both. About four years ago, we added uh, promotional products as a service under our marketing umbrella. Uh, mm-hmm. When we first started the marketing pieces, it was only digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we realized, as you may know, you're the experts in this field as well is anytime you do digital you want to show the physical right right? and so that's where we started to do promotional items as well uh, as one of the services that we provide great so so from a client standpoint so who would who's a perfect client for you if you say you know i pick up a new client today who's the who's the who's the What's a type that would be the perfect client for you to pick up today there's two one would be uh like i said earlier an uh a school district would be a perfect client for us uh, in terms of when they are reaching out to do make that community for their students. So if they're doing shirts for their students or if they're actually doing technology 
implementation in the classroom mm-hmm. uh, to make their lives easier. The second would be nonprofits. Uh, we really love working with mo- nonprofits and helping them take their mission and vision and make it a reality uh, and enhance their business process in the mix mm-hmm. of it. And so that a nonprofit or an education client would be a perfect client. That's great. What about you guys? I'm just is it restaurants basically or is it chains? What's what's the perfect restaurants? Yeah. Um, we just had the owner raise uh, Ray uh, for Friends Restaurant into our location. Um, they're venturing in to see about uh, partly um, partnering with us uh, potentially. Um, as an example, they're local and growing. Um, but what's the reason they came into the office was and why other people are coming in uh, more and more is we're able to bundle all the third-party products that point of sales um, offer but not do direct so for instance you talked about DoorDash Uber Eats now that going through the point of sales instead of having separate equipment and having support through us direct and uh, online ordering but more importantly is our curbside breaker so our mobile units now we can go out in the parking lot and place an order and it'll sync up into the restaurant when you walk in it'll print to the kitchen and it's NFC tap and go as well as pin chip and swipe so now that changes things that all works through the POS so everything seamlessly working through the POS is more and more customers that need that and want that because at the end of the day when they print that report it's all gathered together and it's harder to cheat the system what's happening with some of these chains I'm finding out is with DoorDash and Uber Eats and Grubhub the franchisees have opportunities to manipulate the numbers that are coming in well the franchisor gets a royalty fee so by going through the point of sales directly now they can get all their royalties so that's a uh, that's a game changer for us. Now, is that similar to the what what I what I see when I go through a Chick Fil A drive through where they have the ter- terminals outside and they're doing it? Yes, yeah. that's exactly. The difference is we have a printer built in. Theirs is an email, or right. when you get up front, it prints. Here, it prints and you can sign. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. Technology has moved so fast; it really has. It's constantly changing. I remember when we were sitting in a meeting and you were explaining your business one day, and someone said, "What's a POS?" <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that on the radio. I know, I know. <laughs> but it was so funny because this, the, he was, you know, we, we all looked at each other like, you don't know what a POS is? Man. You know, <laughs> Joe Rogers Jr., um, I worked for Waffle House uh, for nine years, franchised for four, but something that Joe Rogers said to me that will never leave is a point of sales is a cash management program. That's how it needs to be looked at and understood that that's your cash. Now manage it. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. From that standpoint, it's it's great. So, um, so what's what's what does your company look like in five years, Asif? I mean, if you say five years, ten years, I'm sure you have a, a game plan there, a big, hairy, audacious goal of what's going on. So, where do you see yourself and the business going from here to 2030? Believe it or not, that's ten years from now. <laughs> well, <laughs> scary. <laughs> you know, and and I think we're. While we've been in the business for for 16 years, I think we've had to make multiple pivots and to really figure out what we bring to the table that's good for our clients and good for us and what's a win-win situation for everyone. And where I see ourselves is, I think, up to about 10 employees at the moment. I'm just adding one per year 
and 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 steady growth is is where we see it and to a point where we can do really good work in the community but i would say from a business perspective about 10 per 10 10 times growth mm -hmm. so one you know one level at it, or 10 employee growth uh, okay. so one employee per year uh, and then see what happens from there and maybe join a larger corporation always on the table yeah. what a, i know dennis you probably uh, your plan is what a, a own a world domination or nationwide nationwide domination right? nationwide so. but Ju uh, the Juicy Crab um, is one of our chains, and they want to go international. So, you know, Shift 4, um, Shift 4 will be on the Super Bowl and have their marketing uh, commercial. Um, they're a publicly traded company. They're a processor. But now they can do international. And so this will help me grow with Juicy Crab International. Um, I can see over the next nine years what's unique about our business is we're a residual re reoccurring revenue. So we continuously grow each month, each year, and we plan on adding on five employees over the next 18 to 24 months uh, with our growth going nationwide. Um, really looking forward to the opportunity of building this business, family-owned business. Um, Technology is always changing, like you said, and if we can stay ahead of the curve, um, we can hit the curveball. Good Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> So how does one stay ahead of that curve? Because it, technology changes very, very fast. You've got to have a great company behind you. Um, we are the dealer and we support the product. But uh, again, Shift 4, um, they are constantly evolving technology-wise. Mm -hmm. And like I said, their goal is to raise $200 million for St. Jude here in the next three quarters. Mm -hmm. um, that's the kind of company that we're partnered with. But they're thinking about their customers and what can we do to make things easier for them so mm -hmm. during the pandemic they give a thousand dollar sign up bonus back to the merchant they're giving them free equipment and i think that's awesome mm -hmm. you know in trade for the processing um you have to make some money somewhere right you of think course nothing's for free right you know the money's made back over time um that's the key is uh jared isaacson is buying into the future because his money's made later now okay. now Oh. Um, and when you have a company like that behind you, it's it's really it's makes makes you want to go to work each day. Well, I don't know if I want to go to work each day, but <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. People ask me what's the difference now because I was in telecom for twenty five years, right? And I said, you know, twenty five years I never saw a dial tone, but I can certainly see my signs every <laughs> everywhere I go, right? Um, and it's interesting, though, as you look at 10-year goals and things like that, and we do this all the time. We, we have a planning session, and we've moved out to a three-year goal, the five-year goal, the 10-year goal. and you know. But it's, it's, it's morphed for us, right, because we're going to be retired in three years. I mean, our goal is to us to build the business at a point where the, our boys can take it over, right? And they've started in the business right out of college. Matthew's been there. 10 years since day one yep and steven's been there for eight years so it's how that transition happens so you know people say so where are you going to be in 10 years I and mean, we're going to be on the board and obviously with our fingers in the pie but it's really we're going to be where, on the beach on the beach with an adult beverage with an adult beverage with a, yeah or, or in the mountains yeah or somewhere like that or in europe if we ever travel again right but the question is how big do they want it to be right because, you know, big, just to be big to be big is maybe not what you want to be, right? And so, 
you know, do you want to be a $3 million company? Do you want to be a $10 million company? Do you want to be a $20 million company? Because clearly you want to build something that's sustainable, right? Because, you know, you can, I, can build, I can build a $10 million company tomorrow. I can go buy another sign company that's worth $6 million, build a $10 million company. But that's not who we are. It's not organic growth. So, you know, it's always evolving what that, where, where do I see myself at? And it changes. Um, the pandemic has changed where we think we might be, right? What our businesses and services are going to be. Um, we, in, during the pandemic, we expanded our facility by 3,500 3, square feet, added more equipment, added more people. So where are we going? So I always think it's interesting for us to look at the future and, and look at the system and things like that from that standpoint. So, so as if I, I'd have to ask, do you have like a process, that, a proven process that you guys have that you follow with every customer that, you know, if, if someone said, what is – CCS's marketing and technologies process. They say, ah, so this is it. This is sure. this is the um, secret sauce to how successful your business is. So I'll get to the secret sauce in a second. I'm gonna uh, adjust my previous answer and just say, I want to be where you are ten years from now. <laughs> 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 uh, not sure if my kids are gonna be old enough. Uh, he'll be ten, <laughs> but yeah, he's not gonna be old or an eleven. Uh, but um, in terms of our secret sauce in our process, we're very. I think one of the things that. Uh, I'm proud of is we're very transparent. Mm -hmm. Our secret sauce is listed on our website under our consulting services, which is the first thing that will anytime will, with any client, no matter if it's if they need a simple shirt or if they need their entire technology or marketing plan readjusted, the first piece is the discovery process. So we'll go through the discovery process. It's that includes interviewing the owners if it's an or the executive director, their staff, their volunteers if we're working with a nonprofit and really looking at what they're trying to accomplish and looking at their goals and objectives. So that discovery process is what's key for us. Mm -hmm. And then after that comes the planning of the implementation process, which we then share with the stakeholders. And then the stakeholders like help us prioritize what are we gonna implement first, what are we gonna implement second, how are we gonna move about it, what's the timeline. And then finally, after all of that is said and done, and sometimes these process takes two years, mm -hmm. right? And then it's the evaluation process. But we also do evaluation throughout the process. So it's really about communicating the discovery, planning out the implementation, and then finally doing constant uh, review of what work you've done. Now do you, uh, <clears throat> do you go through what ROI you produce for that customer? We have been working on that. And one of the things, uh, wh that's a great question. One of the best things I heard recently from uh, one of our school clients was Asifar, Based on the virtual, and this is after, during the pivot of uh, COVID, based on the virtual tours that we've set up and the the process of a parent coming in and doing, sc even scheduling the tour, their enrollment has gone up to, uh, like 15% oh, at one of their schools. And so that, that we know the work that we're doing because it's a team effort. It's not ASIF's effort or CCS's effort or our team's effort. It's a team effort that includes the stakeholders and we're part of that stakeholders. Uh, so that process had wor has worked really well for us. Yeah, because that's always the biggest challenge with marketing, right, is what's yeah. your return on investment? You know, how much money am I going to throw yeah. at the wall yeah. and see what sticks? So, and I have to ask you, got why priority one POS? I mean, what's the secret sauce besides, you know, you two sparkling personalities? Why, why do people want to use you guys? Well, I think that uh, typically they, they want to a, something that's custom fit for them, that's custom for their environment, um, that's by people that understand what the restaurants do, 
uh, and what a restaurant has to face every day, day in and day out, seven days a week, 20, 24 hours a day, depending on if you're open that long. Uh, remember, you eat three meals a day regardless of the time, regardless of the day, regardless of the week or the weekend. Now, it's great that this weekend, because of this, the big game, uh, there will be 1.4 billion wings sold in the United States, <laughs> enough to go around the world three times uh, if they were placed end to end. And, you know, a wing itself is not, a chicken wing is not very long. So uh, with that in mind, we, we have to understand where they come from and understand really what uh, and feel the pain that they feel every day, mm -hmm. seven days a week. You mean so, the chicken? Well, not the chicken, <laughs> but the restaurant owner. But uh, the chicken themselves, it's quick and dirty. Okay. Yeah. Quick and clean, hopefully. Uh, but but the restaurant owner, it's painful. It mm -hmm. goes on and on and on. So it's one of the toughest businesses to be in. It is. If you don't have a heart for that. And remember, like Don said, you know, what does a POS stand for? And it could be, you know, a pain for a customer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, point of sales, um, especially if they're not uh, computer savvy and what have you. Uh, but the reason we named it Priority One POS is we make every customer number one priority. More and more each year, I go out and we service the customers who have been with us five, six years, three years, eight years. Um, and there may be situations that they can't afford it right now during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we make a trip out there and we fix some equipment and change some stuff out. And more and more I tell my guys, I said, listen, we're very blessed. We've grown this business. Luckily, we have the money. Go take care of the customer. Make them whole. You know, spend the time, and we'll spend extra time with them and really make them a number one priority. No matter how big or small they are, mm -hmm. we treat them all the same. So I'm certain that that is what differentiates you from other point-of-sale companies? Yes. They will give them a down-and-dirty bill. I hear customers that we have now today over the last several years and they'll tell us how much they paid for equipment for That's repair right. yeah. or for a trip charge, things of that nature. And I'm like, God, I'm grossly undercharging. But I'm humble, and it's working, it's growing, and the customers aren't leaving. You know, uh, our attrition is, is strong. Well, it builds a sense of loyalty. That because too. you treat them right, they're going to treat you right. Right. So who is your longest-running customer? Oh, boy. Um <clears throat> You know, I have to say on our software for future POS would be Sopranos Grill. Okay. It's coming up on seven years. Which is my customer. Which, <laughs> Sopranos Grill. Um, that was our first future point of sale software. And it's going on seven years. You remember the story, right? <laughs> About Sopranos. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a story we can tell later on, but it is kind of funny. I always, t I always tell that story to people when they ask about our business. I was you know? hoping you weren't going to tell it no, today. No, I'm not going to tell it today. So, uh, But so I, you know, I guess from a cultural standpoint, right, we all have our businesses. And our businesses, there's a, there's a definite heartbeat to the business, right? And you guys have built it. So, I mean, do your employees understand? I mean, do you have written out, you know, um, values and culture statements and stuff like that, that your people know what it is 
you know, besides just feeling what it is when they come in the building, what about you guys? Do you have like values and stuff like that that you guys follow? Yes. Okay. We have all kinds of programs. Um, we, again, run it like a family business, so they understand our birthday program. It's very important that we celebrate um, each employee's birthday and what we give back to them for their time. Um, also, their work ethics and, and the type of place we work, we post that mission. Um, we have an HR program for them. I can remember starting our insurance program four years ago, and we're at 50% we pay, and this year, by the end of this year, we're at 75%, and next year we're at 100%. Those employees coming to work won't have to pay for health coverage. That's wonderful. That's the kind of you know, give back that we right. do. And also we put together two years ago a simple IRA. I said, you gotta save for the future, and I have to help them. You know, I have to be a part of the solution. Again, mm-hmm. not, you know, part of the problem and, and, and them to understand that, okay, we get paid a week and live check to check. Um, they're growing. They're making more money. I'm teaching them how to get credit, build credit, vehicles, houses, that kind of stuff. And we're doing all that um, and retirement programs. So I think it's important that we educate. Mm-hmm. And I bring a financial investor in every year and our accountant in every year. I just I kind of surround them with um, the tools that I've learned in my business background. Mm-hmm. So I think that helps a lot. Well, I think so, too. What about with CCS? What a, so from a cultural standpoint, what about you guys? We're, we're a virtual team, and, and as we're bringing on virtual teammates, especially, and we've always had virtual teammates, uh, it's more difficult. And I think from uh, a three-family-owned company, as we're, we're starting to build that culture based on the openness and some of the things I talked about earlier, and we're in, I would say, in the baby stages in a in an older company. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're in a startup because we've transitioned. Now I think we're at a point where this is who we're going to continue to be. Right. Uh, because when you start, and I'm sure you know, when you start a business, you kind of take on every client and you take yes, on... Yes, we did. <laughs> take on every project that comes your way. And you're not really focused on the culture. You're focused on, oh, am I going to put food on my table, pay the rent and pay the mortgage right. or whatever else. And so we're at that point where we finally define who we are what we're going to continue to do and now that growth as people as you know as we start to grow and look like you um in our company in terms of the number of people i think that culture shift is now happening that's got to be difficult though doing it virtually it's it's interesting uh, but microsoft teams and zoom and all of these tools help uh, right. and the good thing is the two people that I'm working with right now, I've known them for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them has been my client that is now working with me. So okay. it's the, the, the relationships have been built. That mm-hmm. trust relationship has been built in the past. Uh, now we're just trying to take that to the next level mm-hmm. by working together in the same project. Yeah, a culture, you know, the culture is built, you know, and it's kind of hard to define. We had an exercise, I'll say four years ago, where mm-hmm. we asked all, all of our employees, what do you think the values that Pinnacle Custom stands, uh, Science stands for, right? And we said, think of the three top qualities that, you, if you had someone that you want to bring on board Pinnacle Custom Science, give me the three top qualities they have as to why you think they would fit here, right? And so we had 12 or 13 employees at the time. They all put it on the board. So we had 40 or 45 and stuff like that. But interestingly enough, um, the words might have been different, but they actually boiled down into five categories that they all you know and it's interesting we talk about values and we say 
I say, listen, this isn't stuff that, you know, Don and Teresa came up with and said, you know, like, you know, the old mission statements from corporate America, right? Integrity and, you know, this and that. We have one of those still. Yeah, well, we do. But, you know. But it is wrapped up in our core values. It is wrapped up in our core values, right? So, you know, to our employees, and and we also do do, um, employee evaluations based upon whether you exhibit the core values or not, right? So for us, it's two are really externally focused. One is excellent customer service, as you would imagine. The other one was take pride in workmanship by providing a quality product. So those are two outwardly focused. Every business has to have that or else they're going to not be successful, right? Because it's going to be seen by the customer. The other three are really internally focused things that is what separates our people from each other, right? And one is have fun being part of a team, right? The other one is have a positive attitude. And the other one is be driven, right? And you could say, well, you know, that's like apple pie and motherhood. But guess what? I sit down and I do interviews with people that want to come into our organization say, these are our five values. And if you don't have every one of those five values, you are going to be ejected like a virus within three months. And guess what? No one's going to tell you in an interview, oh, no, I don't have the driven part of it, so I probably shouldn't come work here. Everybody's looking for a job, right? But I tell you what, if they do not fit, they do get driven out like a virus, and we'll sit around the table. And we got 20 people, and I say, so, guys, you know, Joe's not here anymore. You know, we had to let him go. Any idea why Joe's not here anymore? And to a man and woman, they can say, ah, he wasn't having fun to be a part team. Oh, he wasn't a positive person. Oh, he didn't take pride in his workmanship. And they all know because it's a small work environment. We don't work remotely, right? All 20 of us are in the same 12,500 square feet. We have guys go out and installs and stuff like that, but they all know. And it's almost a self-policing thing, right? Because people who don't have the same values as the other people in the organization, they don't feel comfortable there, right? And they don't want to be there either if they don't feel comfortable being there. It's a very interesting way that it's, it's developed over time, and it's interesting to see. You know, we, we have a, an employee program. It's, a, it's an employee-nominated recognition program, and the employees vote on it. And it's every month it's, okay, who's exhibiting positive attitude this month, right? And it's, it's very interesting to see the comments that they all put about each other in those boxes. It's very refreshing at times. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had a three-way tie this month, so... Um, we had to break that three-way tie. Joanne, it's Joanne. Uh, Dennis knows my my top designer, Joanne, and it was her program, so she had to come up with how to break the tie. So, 2021, interesting year, right? How do you feel that the uh, current um, environment for business is going to change this year, for the better, for the worse? Do you see anything going sideways for y'all, Dennis and Randy? I'll ask you guys first. We really don't know because of the technology. And because of the pandemic, uh, we, we can make plans and, and go our way uh, the way that we think is best, and uh, it may change. Nobody knew about the pandemic beforehand. Nobody knew anything that was going to happen beforehand. Um, but from that standpoint, uh, we really don't know. I see, um, you know, wearing a mask, part of everyday life for the next year or it's two. It's a new fashion accessory. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and people are taking it to all different uh, diamonds on them. I mean, yeah. all the movie stars, right? Um, to social distancing. Um, uh, there'll probably be less hugs in 2021 
than it was in the last hundred years, you know. Um, so there's a lot of other terrible things, you know. There's uh, depression and, and, and suicides and things of that nature. So I think you're going to see a, a unique 2021 of things that we've have not in the past dealt with emotionally, physically, mentally. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, you're going to have to lean on each other, be there to support each other, and uh, of course, uh, whatever religion you're in, you know, um, th- that's always a positive to mm-hmm. put God on your back. Yeah. What about over on your your side of the business over here? So I think uh, I've kind of already seen a little bit of a shift. Um, when the pandemic hit, it was reactive mode, shut down and close your eyes and, and, and just hunker down. Uh, what I've seen in the last two months or even three months, and, and I think I see more of it even the last three weeks, is the proactive planning has shifted to really focus on taking things to the next level and making sure that the pivot that they made in the first five months of the pandemic, whatever has worked, is continues to grow. The focus on people's safety has increased quite a bit. Uh, the focus on the child safety, especially in the school, oh, yeah. has increased quite a bit. While they're differing opinions on what's best uh, in terms of safety protocols, people have still found ways to proactively work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's been, I think, the positive. Uh, there are still, even uh, you know, from a 2021 perspective, 2020 was also from a political standpoint a very tough year on a lot of individuals, especially when you're working in this, uh, this, uh, the social service arena right. where you see individuals having um, issues with health issues, homelessness issues, uh, just political mindset issues. Um, that shift is also occurring. So it's not just the pandemic. I think it's also the pol- political and the social shifts that are happening in our communities that we just need to all be more open and accepting of what. I think one compounded the other. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that anybody actually imagined that the pandemic would do what it did, yeah. you know, that we would shut down, that businesses would go out of business and and all of that. And that on top of what was going already going on under the covers, yeah. you know, with the political realm, I think one just compounded the other and made it just so much worse yeah and and i see and and i hope uh, not you know is that hope's not a strategy yeah <laughs> is a communication will in- enhance even more amongst individuals and 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 that goes from the health as, uh, aspect as well as the social aspect mm-hmm. of things. what do you think Teresa, in our business um it's tough because right now it was interesting because our business seemed to come back after a while with the pandemic but then we've slowed down at the beginning of this year, and I really feel like it's still a part of what's going on with COVID. That I, I still don't think a lot of businesses have come back, and we're starting to feel the effects of that to some degree. Yeah, what I would tell you is that we have a lot of clients, and our clients, um, just like Priority Priority One POS, I mean, they always come back to us. Um, and what we're seeing is that the level of business we're experiencing now is maintenance and when i say maintenance it's i've just bought a new vehicle i need graphics on it okay i just bought a new building i need to put a sign on it right so the things you would think are normal for for signage is what's happening today what has driven our business over and above normal maintenance has been investment right people who are refurbishing 
an entire shopping center and they need new big signs, right? Or they're redoing, uh, we had Fulton County redo all their libraries in the last two years, we did all their signs. So what, what we're not seeing is there's so much uncertainty as to what the economic and political climate is still today that people are gonna operate their business the way they operated it before. But at the bare minimum. But they're not willing to make those investments. Obviously, if you're building a new building, you gotta put signs on it. But if you're if you're deciding whether to redevelop this area of a shopping center or whether to build out this subdivision or something like that, those investment decisions are not being made today because people wanna see what the shakeout is going to be. Whether that shakeout happens in a month whether the shakeout happens in six months, we don't really know. And we all have our opinions about what's going to happen politically and how that's going to affect us economically. We can have an entire two-day conversation about that. But I think the smart investors are still waiting. And since they didn't get in on the run-up on uh, GameStop stock, they're waiting for other investments to happen at that point in time. So I think we'll see that break loose eventually, but I think people are still keeping their powder dry, an old old expression from that standpoint. So so see if, if somebody wanted to use your services, how would they get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, we're, we're everywhere. Uh, our website is ccsatlanta.com. Our social media is ccsatlanta. Uh, and if they want to see who I am personally, uh, they can actually go on to our website at ccsatlanta.com. And there's if you click on About, you'll see my previous uh, discussion at Business Radio X. Uh, but my personal account is Asif, A-S-I-F-J-3 on all social media channels. Awesome. And for Priority One? We're at PriorityOne.com. And uh, I I think I was going to say that you were, uh, to digress just a moment, uh, Don, we, from that standpoint, we don't know what the future will hold, but resilient people, and I think we are all resilient people in this room, um, will be successful regardless. I I would absolutely agree with you. Okay, so anyway, to answer your question, <laughs> Teresa, uh, to uh, answer your question, we are on Facebook, we're on uh, Instagram, uh, we're on, uh, what, you name it, right, Dennis? The Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. I, I haven't used it, but I understand it's set up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old school. Um, we really don't market a lot. We are registered with the Business Better Bureau. Um we do a lot of social media every day. Um, this will be put out on social media today, um, and I'll have uh, Future and Shift Four actually, f- you know, broadcast it as well um, because of what's going on with them. Um, but are we going to be on the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes. Really? In Inspiration Four, which is Shift Four, they'll have their commercial to be on the Super Bowl about going into space. But and raising gonna, money. They're not going to put any of this podcast on it? This is, this is excellent material. I have to Come see. On I have to see if Jared will do that. Um, I tell you, it's, uh, it's an opportunity. And what's great is during the pandemic, their goal is to raise $200 million plus for St. Jude's. And f- not just for kids for today for cancer research. And but remember, those are kids for the future. And so we have to build for the future and invest in them and help them. Um, They're, you know, dealt a shorthand. And how can we help? So I think it's great during a pandemic that he's given back. 
Well, we'd like to thank you gentlemen for being here today and joining us on Reaching the Summit presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more prominent look with your business signage. To see how we can help with your business, help your business to reach the summit, visit us on our website at PinnacleCustomSigns.com or on any of our social media channels. Remember that you could also enjoy any of our episodes at any time by visiting BusinessRadioX.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Reaching the Summit. You can also find us on your favorite podcast apps, such as Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast applications. Until next time, for Pinnacle Custom Signs, I'm Teresa Conklin, and with Don Conklin, you've been listening to Reaching the Summit on Business Radio X. Hope you have a great day.